Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. This is our main show, and I'm Ken And I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. This is our main show where we talk about the news, and then we answer questions. And we don't want to say the whole world question, so we call it our news and cues episode. Right, Ken? Yeah, you don't want to. You, whole words, man. That that went out like 15 years ago. <laughs> yeah, 15Y. That's when that went out. Ah. 
as Joseph said, we look at the Star Wars news, answer your questions uh, from Patreon, Twitter, and the like, and the like. You know, we, we even our you you might be in our MySpace top eight, and then you get to ask a question. <laughs> uh, we're going to get to all of that very shortly, but we always want to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we'll have our Force and Recommends. But, uh, you know, this helps out the show, and it helps you. It's that kind of relationship. We are the Gungans. You are the Naboo. And that's what we got going here. And, Joseph, that's not all. That's right. We have another symbiotic circle. Uh, <laughs> and we're forming it with Inside Editions, uh, publisher of a ton of great Star Wars books. Uh, Inside Editions is offering 35% off across their website with a special Force Center code. You can get this discount by entering the coupon code FC35, or you can just visit the website with this specific link, insighteditions.com slash discount slash FC35. This week, we are recommending the Insight Editions book, the Lightsaber Collection. Uh, pick that up with our discount, and then you can go listen to our episode where we're, we're just basically pawing through a book and, and repeating, that's cool, that's cool. <laughs> Hopefully there's some insights, but it's really just a book full of cool lightsabers and some uh, great insights, which, you know, makes sense for Insight Editions. So you can check that all out again with that code or that link, FC35. Check it out. I, I'm always staring at the book. It's near my recording studio, but I cleaned up my desk yesterday, which is very rare that I do. I, I'm kind of an organized clutterer, and uh, I put the book in its own little special special place. So thank you, Inside Editions, for that. Um, that's a little bit of my life adventures, cleaning my desk. But there's <laughs> got to be more. Uh, Joseph, this is our chance to catch up in a topsy-turvy world. Did you have a moment for yourself, and more importantly, a moment for Star Wars? Uh, yeah, no, I did. I had, I had moments for both. It is a topsy turvy world. So, uh, I, I literally am wrestling with as I think many people in the pandemic are, I, I'm seeing on social media of different surprise muscles acting up because, <laughs> you know, we aren't, we're just physically living differently. A lot of us, uh, those of us who, who, you know, aren't uh, essential workers and, and can, and are choosing to, to stay home. Uh, and uh, I have uh, my thumbs acting up from scrolling too much, which is <laughs> a warning. My left thumb, my scrolling thumb, is uh, is acting up from an old an old social media injury now. Uh, so I'm trying to get up, trying to take some walks. Uh, my wife and I took a nice walk in our in our nice little neighborhood, and we we're lucky to do that. And then I went out on uh, the balcony one day this week. I'm lucky to have just a, a very little a balcony in my my modest little apartment here. And uh, I'm on an upper floor and down on the lower floors, uh, they don't have balconies. They have a little patio. And one of the people who live below me has a, a nice little uh, setup there. I, I see him go out there and take care of it and arrange everything just so. He's got a, a grill and he's got a little umbrella and some shade for reading and some plants. And it, I admit it, it was a, a moment where I was stressed. Sometimes I go out to the balcony to just kind of stare and, and think and try to take some deep pressing and get, get past the stress yeah. or the anger. And I looked down and I was just like, Oh, hi Grogu. And then I was like, wait, what? How did I just see Grogu out in the world? And <laughs> on his nice little table, my neighbor in his patio had added a tablecloth uh, with a big picture of Grogu. So it was just Grogu <laughs> staring back up at me <laughs> from the patio. I'm like, this is great. This is exactly the way I just want to, you know, discover Star Wars uh, suddenly in the world. That's great. Grogu, Grogu heals. 
he calms. <laughs> he's a presence, a friendly presence. Yes, he he. What is it? He he protect. He's he snack. He attack. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he heal. He heal. He heal. He heal. Yeah. So that was that was my uh, my real Star Wars surprise adventure this week, which was great. That is awesome. I uh, it's funny. I think mine might be around Grogu as well, Baby Yoda. To it's hard not to say that. Still, sometimes. Uh, I was uh, doing some essential shopping. You know, I, I definitely tried not to. We all kind of. You know, I don't know, not all. I'm not saying all, uh, but like there was a little bit of a, a loosening, loosening of the of the uh, you know restrictions in our mind a couple months ago. We're like, I'm just going to go to Target every day, and every, and then you're like, you know, let's especially in LA where where the uh, COVID is 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 uh, still very much a a present uh, issue yeah. problem. Uh, I've been like reminding myself, let's just not get bored and go to Target again, even with a mask. <laughs> you know, let's not do that. But I did have to go the other day, and I, uh, you know. As always, we always say in Force Center, when Joseph and I hit a hit a box store, we're always going to make a left turn in the toy aisle, and <laughs> so I did. And not a lot of Star Wars toys right now. Nothing's quote unquote in season, right? But there were three of those. Um, I guess they're kind of plush slash plastic. Uh, uh, the the Baby Yoda Grogu's that that are like in the carrying satchel and letter life size essentially. Oh not, wow! Not detailed as like sideshow and that kind of stuff, obviously. And you know, I had that moment. You you know that moment, Joseph, where you're just like. Hmm. My card is empty. I haven't gotten the milk yet. I can fit it in there. What's the price point on that? Uh, and and then I was like, you know what? This is this is almost immediately going to go into storage or be in a spot where I really can't see it. So I, I held off on it. But it's it's the drawing power of that of that of that little guy. It, it's it's the the victory of that show. It's just it's such a home run, and you just can't. You turn. You just like you you stop. Oh there. Oh look at the baby Yoda. <laughs> no matter how many times, how many times I see it. So yeah, you just want to spend quality time with Grogu, right? No matter what. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, that, that, that's the way. So that's kind of uh, Star Wars Life Adventures. We did do the big uh, opening Good People Association live stream. Thank you all. Um, we had some Force Center names I, I recognize pop into into the stream or become founding members. We were on air for uh, ten and a half straight hours. Wow. Um, which you know. I don't recommend always, you know, it's not hard work. We're, you know, not, we're not lifting heavy objects, you know, a lot more central workers out there. Trust me. Um, <laughs> but 10 and a half hours, all the whiskey and my tailbone felt it the next day, but uh, thank <laughs> you to all that came out. So more there, I'll be over there. Uh, hopefully Joseph can get you to pop by virtually or eventually at the actual bar we built to talk star Wars with Mark Riley too. So. Yes, I, I look forward to uh, the virtually now and in person in the hopefully near future. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Hopefully, indeed. So from uh, there, our Star Wars and life adventures, we are going to head into the Star Wars news. And, you know, uh, a good mix of, yeah, OK, small story, cool story. And what I would consider a big story, even though it doesn't have a ton of information. Headline reads, finally, an open world Star Wars game coming. Oh, my God, is this finally happening? All right. Just days after the announcement of Lucasfilm Games the kind of rebranding of an old friend. We got word that Ubisoft and their massive entertainment studio, uh, based out of Sweden, I do believe, is working with Lucasfilm on a new story-driven open-world game. Not many details after that or other than that. This has been long desired in this modern era. So, Joseph, what do we think and what do we want out of this game with no information? 
Oh, there's no information. In some ways, that is the most fascinating time, right? Because we can just throw the doors open wide to wild speculation. Uh, I was really happy to hear that they've already been working on it for a while. So this isn't like, hey, cool, a video game's coming in 17 years. Like, So hopefully this will be in the next two years, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, that they announce this. Uh, you know, everybody has wanted this for so long. You and I have have talked about it a lot. Um, I think the open world thing is, you know, the um, the Red Dead Redemption vibe is really yeah. what I want. I want that balance of I am a character who can do a sort of a relatively streamlined story, but still takes a little bit of time, uh, but that I can just wander I so love Jedi Fallen Order and I and I for the story and I and I really like the combat. Uh, but, and then I was like, I love that game. I'm going to go back and I'm going to find all the different lightsaber parts. And I don't right. like the, the, the map design personally, where it's really hard to just wander. Mm-hmm. And I just, I want to visit, you know, uh, Kashyyyk and just, I want to go into that hut and, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, talk to that Wookiee for a while. And then I want to, you know, get in a ship and just, uh, you know, go to Numidian Prime and, <laughs> yeah. and play some Bach and then get back to my mission if I feel like it. You know, I want that balance. Yeah. Um, mm. That's a, that, that's the big picture thing uh, uh, for me. And then what I was really thinking, and I was curious what your take on this was, Ken, yeah. about what was so appealing to me about that first Red Dead Redemption. Mm. I think for Red Dead Redemption and for Legend of Zelda as well, I think I like the combat uh, mechanics, mm-hmm. but I think what really puts those games over the top for me is I only ever fight as an end. It is yeah. always motivated. And I love games that are just, you know, shoot them up or hack and slash. And, you know, that's that's really great and really fun if you're in that mood. But I think that's what I've been missing. And in Jedi Fallen Order definitely had some of that. But, you know, when I think back of Red Dead Redemption, it it was i was really happy to be fighting because i wanted to help that person or accomplish mm-hmm. that goal or you know go back to legend of zelda you know i always think of the uh, these uh, creatures the gorons who are just super relatable and i really want to help them so i'm not fighting out of like total fantasy i'm fighting right. to accomplish a goal and i i i really want to feel that how, how do you feel about that i know yuri you've played even more red dead redemption than me do you like the combat that is almost always for a goal, not just for combat's sake? Uh, yes, I, I got it. Yeah, uh, you're, you're, it's so funny. Yeah, as I'm listening to you talk, like you're kind of, um, I'm like nodding my head like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of, even back in the day that I was picking up on, I wasn't aware of. Uh, I obviously play, you know, I play a lot of the sports games, all that kind of stuff. And, and but but and as a sports fan, what really gets me into the game is this, it's choices and managing. And that's why the fantasy of being a general manager that runs a team, it's, it's almost a different muscle, but, but it, it's not in a way because I love to just really kind of take my time and think about what I'm going to do. Fallen order. It took a little bit, not a little, people love the game as they should, but like a little bit of the, oh, how many animals are you going to kill? You know, is there a way around this? Even the story in battlefront two, you're, you have to do this story. Like you need to move it forward, right? There's not a lot of choices. And it's an, it's an, been around for a few years, you know, choose your own adventure books where choices. Um, <laughs> I love feeling like I'm in the world and Skyrim and the Assassin Creed game. You mentioned the, the uh, Zelda games, uh, which might be the first one where you kind of were pulled into a story and pulled into a world and, it's all kind of there. 
but that more than anything with Red Dead Redemption is is the wonderful. It's a challenge for me. Like I'll I'll still go into the game now for on Red Dead Redemption two, and just see how long can I go hang out in a bar before I accidentally fight someone, push someone, or they get mad at me and use <laughs> it. Uh, I am there's those campsites and I think they do have them in the first uh, Red Dead too. But like there's the campsites and you're going around and you see little some smoke. I will go over to every one of them and try to be friends. <laughs> and 90% of them are there to, you know, get out of my camp and you end up shooting them in a fight. Like, and I don't like it. And there's a couple that are like, come on friend. I, I want that for star Wars. Yeah. Um, yeah. More in old Republic. And there's a lot of that kind of stuff too. Uh, it, it, it's, it's breaking new ground and no ground, no, no, no ground broken at the same time. And that's going to be happening. I love the first mass effect game, which has, I think about that a lot when I hear about open world star Wars, because multi multiple planets, multiple worlds, like that's the kind of stuff, you know, they're going to have to deal with red dead redemption, big map, but it's a part of, a, you know, a fake United States of America. Like, you know, here you go. Uh, a couple horse rides. You're in the bayou, you know, from the, <laughs> it's different. So that star Wars has that problem to do with, um, uh, so I, I, I don't want it to be on one planet, but I want to live in it. I want to have the choices. I want to do what you say. I want, I want, I want to make my decisions on who I'm going to be in the game. And, and, and that's going to, that could be potentially really powerful in star Wars. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, the, given that they have this, um, that Lucasfilm games uh, is great to get this clarity that Lucasfilm games is basically, we are all of the story people the uh, you know franchise people the people who really understand star wars and video games mm -hmm. and then we're going to work with all of these different companies who come up with ideas but th that makes it really exciting to me that um the video games are going to continue to be at that story level of battlefront 2 and jedi fallen order so it does make me really interested to think about what's what's going to be at stake since star wars is so often a story of you know coming of age whether you're eight or 19 or 48 or <laughs> 67 mm -hmm. who do you want to be what choice do you want to make and that becomes really interesting in an open world game yeah there you go four center as always going to the philosophy of your choices in a video game i know <laughs> hey it's going to be they pulled this off and i know people have been wanting this this could be potentially huge into into what it is and we i really enjoy squadrons played it with uh, alex damon last week he's got an episode of his show um Calm chatter coming out that I'm on and, and, you know, I, I, I'm not great at it, but that pulled me into star Wars from a certain side. Uh, Fallen order did as well. Battlefront two, but yeah, I think I'm one of those people that is waiting for something like this. We've been close before. So let's hope we get it. Additional news out of this, Joseph, the star Wars games license is now going to be open to any game develop developers that want to try to make a star Wars game. I'm sure there's an application process, but um, this also means EA will continue to, to, to develop the games, but they're going to, open uh open it up there so general thoughts on the wide open license kind of idea the importance of great star wars games to us and how that can help that and then yeah we'll talk a little bit about ea because i think you and i enjoy say battlefront 2 the first battlefront uh, re-release more than you know others did at the time um i'm i don't have a huge stake in the, the video game wars and I know a lot of people have been unhappy with ea so not disagreeing not necessarily agreeing i just i know that's there and that's out there so uh what does this mean to you joseph license are now open yeah, I think a, a, a couple of things. I think the maybe some of the frustration with EA that I've seen is not just the actual the games, but the, uh, you know, the jam in the pipeline. And, and I think this is great to get rid of that, to say, look, the EA, EA is developing, you know, the sequel to uh, Jedi Fallen Order. 
And it might not be out for two years, but another cool game is going to come out because now a bunch of people are working on it. So I think that will uh, allow for diversity of games. Uh, that I, we've talked a lot about the great Star Wars buffet of having lots of different Star Wars dishes for lots of different fans who like different things. Um, Star Wars Squadrons is a great example of that. Of Hey, you, you like the, the flying in the pilot's part of Star Wars? Here you go. Uh, take it. Um, so hopefully we'll get more of that. I also just like this structure. Uh, that is this great sort of uh, classic Star Wars, new and old. Mm. If you've got this kind of um, group, kind of, it almost sounds like Lucasfilm Games is a little bit like, <laughs> like the story group of we are the holders of the big picture of Star Wars, and we want to invite in new voices, and we want you, uh, all these video game companies, pitch us your cool. Uh, you know, totally, you know, breaking, uh, you know, expectations, Star Wars story and video game. And we'll say yes, 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 yes to all these things. And then we'll go, but, you know, we really want to make sure that it that it agrees with this overall philosophy of Star Wars or this overall canon. It's it it's really exciting to me because it's the video game world embracing this great mm-hmm. balance that the Mandalorian has um, of mm-hmm. the new and the old of you need the excitement, but you also want to uh, pay tribute to what has come before and it seems like this is a great setup to do that oh that's great a great way to look at it too i i am excited to the diversity of games and just like different you know and there's there's a little you know mobile games and all that kind of stuff but just like on a bigger level and and you know we're so used to battlefront 2 battlefront it's big it's got a it's got a panel at celebration fallen order was like the almost anticipating the release of a movie i love that don't want that to go away but i also love the idea of just like great you got you got eight new games this year, <laughs> you know, and, it, and it's not gonna be like that. But just that we, it, it, it's just just like the, every year there's a you know a baseball game, every year there's a wrestling game, or something, you know, throw that out there too, man. Uh, just have a lot of Star Wars games to choose from. That buffet will now extend it to the games. Um, that could be that could be fun. Um, uh, so um, you know, as far as EA stuff, again, I I don't really have a, have a a dog in that fight i i enjoy what i got i my bar is sometimes lower though it gets uh, I, you know it gets also prickly and specific too there's a lot of things about fallen order the gameplay i didn't like but overall character story big moments really cool stuff um but i've been generally happy there so glad i'm glad for one that maybe they still get to, to try and improve and, and continue to develop star wars games yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to that uh, Fallen Order uh, sequel, so that's great. I did yeah. want to ask you about this because I think it's probably a thing that is on a lot of uh, fans and listeners' minds. Do you have any desire for who the central character is? Are you wanting a bounty hunter game? Are you wanting a, another Jedi game, uh, a different kind of a character or faction? Or, and do you have like era desires for when this is set, too? That's a that's a big one, right? Era's the one because obviously I'm going to go. I want to be a rebel spy. You know, <laughs> maybe that's it. But I, you know, with the High Republic era, I don't know the the amount of time. You know, they've been developing the High Republic era for a long time, but they have also been like, hey, let's get a game in that era too, or around that time. Does Old Republic, you know, does it need to be an era era where there's room to have the story go different places? Right? You don't want to be so much of a fallen order. Is, is kind of in a box. It's this brand new story. We're learning, oh, wow, there was another Jedi kid. and blah, blah, blah. But it's still kind of in a box to me. It's got to play in a certain area. So I don't know. Um, a character where you can mold the character to to uh, look like you, act like you, feel like you. Uh, that's something I want too. So 
bounty hunter kind of goes to that, but then bounty hunter with a heart of gold, bounty hunter with no heart, uh, then maybe that's how you choose it. So I, I don't, I'll think about that. Um, cause I just want to fly an X-wing, you know, <laughs> salute uh, Mon Mothma and Radis and all that kind of stuff, but that's my desires. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so fascinated because I think before the Mandalorian, I would have said, I want to be like a bounty hunter, maybe right, you know, after uh, the the Empire Falls in the New Republic era. And you're going on from place to place, it, taking missions from people and like, oh, that's 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 the Mandalorian. That's the show. And so there's a part of me that wonders, like, I think there's more of an investment in in having new characters in video games that can have their mm-hmm. own story with the beginning and middle and an end. So I don't think this is just going to be the the Din Djarin uh, video game. But then I also wondered, like, well, okay, was is a bounty hunter? You know, does it feel like we're we're getting that in the Mandalorian? So then I go to a Jedi, and they're like, oh, but is a Jedi? You know, did we just get that with Fallen Order? So we want to have something slightly different. Um, mm-hmm. I think for just myself as a as a Star Wars uh, fan, I just always love being Jedi, and I would <laughs> love it honestly. High Republic era. Or maybe even a kind of prequel, Fall of Jedi era. You know, they've got 10 years between Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. I think I really like the idea of being a Jedi who's got a mission, but is also just going around the galaxy being uh, a person. <laughs> that's a good era. Actually, that's a good era. We, we do have, you know, some stuff there. Legends obviously had a lot more, but we don't have we don't have a ton. And you, you, there's some time to climb around and meet some familiar names or go to some familiar planets and locations and all that kind of stuff. That's a good era. Yeah. So I got I got some hopes for that. So uh, I'm very excited. This is this is probably the video game that I've been most excited about in a while. Same. Same. Another one I'm excited for. We're going to talk about it here. It is Lucasfilm. Joseph, you you willed it into existence. Apparently, <laughs> a lot of people correctly giving you some credit about that there. We talked about it. Uh, the news kind of broke. And this is a, we, we the way we record. Sometimes we get a chance to talk about it. Sometimes we do. We want to revisit it. But let's talk a little bit about Indiana Jones. Uh, it seems uh, it seems uh, Star Wars adjacent enough there. Uh, same kind of thing, an, a, 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 an actual canon story. Uh, you got maybe Uncharted vibe in it, which was it had, had the Indiana Jones vibe. Are you ready to don your video game fedora now? Oh, yes, I am. I'm so thrilled by this because, yeah, last week when we were recording, we just had the kind of straightforward like, hey, Lucasfilm Games is back. But it was a little ambiguous what that meant. And uh, uh, I had pontificated. It'd be great if they kind of reminded everyone that Lucasfilm is Star Wars. But yes, it's a lot of other things, too. And an Indiana Jones game would be a great way to do that. So I'm thrilled by this. And it hasn't been an Indiana Jones game uh, in in a long time that that I'm aware of. Uh, So I'm excited because there's so much potential. It's so, you know, uh, uh, globe uh, hopping, globe trotting. I'm really, really excited to uh, have good whip functionality. (laughs) And I really, really desperately want Harrison Ford uh, to maybe narrate it. Uh, like may- maybe it's a um, framing device. Uh, there's a there's a James Bond video game that came out a long time ago now uh, that's uh, from Rush With Love, and they have Sean Connery doing the voice, and it's it's very clearly older Sean Connery. <laughs> and it's uh, it's a it's a trip. It's a it's very uh, fun and and funny. Uh, so I would love to hear some Harrison Ford. I think it'd be great. Yeah, I'm really excited for this big Indiana Jones fan. A lot of people listening are. Joseph is as well. And there's just some too where I almost have I, my excitement for this is is on on the level with the a Star Wars open world game. But it, there's a little less pressure on this idea from me personally, where we don't have a ton of this. Yes, there were some games back in the day. I love the Indiana Jones uh, Lego game. The first one, second one was all right. The first one was, was one of my favorite video games. A lot of fun. 
that's Lego in its own kind of world. This is this is perfect. And, and when Uncharted came out, I, I played the first Uncharted game, most of the second, and, and I really, really enjoyed it. But it's like you can't help but be like, man, man, what if they could do this with Indiana Jones? Well, <laughs> now we can. Now we can. And I do finally, finally own one of those uh, Disney fedoras that you can get at the gift shop there. I'll put that on while I'm playing. Oh, I'm looking forward to that uh, that Instagram photo right there. Yes, indeed. So a lot more Star Wars video game news on the way, I'm sure. Stay tuned for that. Uh, this one here, this uh, put this in the not ex- unexpected, kind of thought to be true already, but now confirmed Kevin Kiner, according to filmmusicreporter.com. That's right, filmmusicreporter.com. That's a, that's a good thing, uh, tracking all the music news out there. Kevin Kiner is scoring The Bad Batch, the uh, next Star Wars animated program. So, hey, look, Joseph, we've discussed uh, Kiner's great work before, how important it is uh, for us to keep the train rolling. Um, uh, oh, that's, that's oh, I'm reading my own notes wrong. <laughs> San Diego. Um, we've discussed his work, great work before is where I wanted to go. But I, I want to know how important it is, it is to us to keep what I, I, I'm calling the train rolling on Kiner scoring like Clone Wars, Rebels, Bad Batch. Star Wars Resistance was composed by Michael Tavera and excellently, but uh, Kiner's uh, just so good at this. How important is it for you to have it all kind of feel the same? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a nice connective thread because they Resistance is a little bit uh, separated in, in timeline and style, and it looks like Bad Batch has a real Clone Wars look from that trailer, so I feel like that just kind of makes aesthetic sense. I also think it's great any opportunity for more people to hear and uh, and appreciate Kevin Kiner and mm-hmm. just be reminded that he's kind of the original, not John Williams. Yeah. Um, you know, so much was made of the... The films, understandably, uh, you know, Rogue One and Solo, and I think both those composers did a great job. I particularly uh, love the solo theme. It is great writing music. It is great driving music. Uh, but, you know, we've even talked about in the Disney gallery um, when the music for Mandalorian is fantastic. But when they're talking about all the exploration with different things, Filoni's like, yeah, Star Wars, uh, Star Wars has room for that. And it's almost like you can he- hear him saying, like, Kevin Kiner's been doing this for years, which is to take nothing away from the absolutely fabulous music of Mandalorian and, and I think there's some stuff in Mandalorian that is truly groundbreaking and its own thing yeah. but Kevin Kiner has been exploring in Star Wars for a long time and sometimes when you watch Clone Wars or Rebels or at least when I do I can just kind of get caught up in the flow of the characters and the plot and it's really rewarding when I remind myself to take a step back and listen to the music and he blends old themes really really well and and just has a ton of just like fun and experimentation and i i'm excited for that in bad batch it makes sense that this is kind of an era we haven't spent a ton of time in and i'm i'm excited for his musical exploration of that era yeah i love that you said kind of the exploring that's what i feel he did well and look a lot of it's you know you're in a prequel era and i i i still think john williams explored different star wars sounds in those prequel films uh from Duel of Fates to all the Padme's ruminations we always talk about, uh, the drums at the beginning of Avengers of the Sith. There are a lot of cool things that John did, so it just kind of makes sense that Kiner's like, cool, let me roll around that as well, and gets gets a ton of credit. But there was a time where I didn't know his name. You know what I mean? I, there was a time, even when I was watching Clone Wars regularly, it wasn't until I think we started talking about it on shows and stuff where you're like, I just, I don't naturally look for who composed things. I never did, and, and so, you know, you kind of have to now as part of the discussion points, but 
you know, I just kind of, oh, you, you know, the, the opening theme was a little different for me as we've talked about before. And then I come, I come to like it, but I love that he gets, uh, he has his fans and gets his due here. But I can ask you, you know, with kind of doing the music, Bad Patch is so close to the Clone Wars in look, feel, and time. We get a sense it's kind of picking up uh, right around the same time Clone Wars Season 7 wraps up. We don't know that for sure, but it sure has that feel. What do you think, Joseph, that this show can do to create its own identity and stand on its own? Yeah, I, I was thinking just about what's going on and what might be at stake, and I'm excited for the Bad Batch. If this was the Bad Batch's adventures during the Clone Wars, I'd be like, Oh, that's fine. I, I'm intrigued by a weird Star Wars A-Team. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but this era is really exciting me. That trailer really excited me. So I think it. it I'm excited for the characters, but I'm more excited for them being our eyes and a witness to the sudden realization that, oh, wait, the Empire is not great. So I think it, like the ingredients that I think about is I think there's going to be some big action because they are very much this weird 80s action team. So I think we're going to get a lot of that, which might, there's definitely action in Clone Wars, but I think this might be a little bit different. Um, I think we're going to get a sudden moral crisis from characters who didn't expect to have it with the Bad Batch trying to decide who they want to be and how they want to function in this new reality. I think we're going to get these stories, like we got in the Clone Wars, these stories of, uh, all of these different people who didn't want to be involved or were caught up in, in their individual communities were adversely affected by the Clone Wars. I think we can get lots of individual communities realizing that the Empire's uh, boot is coming down on their necks right now. And it hasn't been that way for a while. But the fresh story of the dawning realization of that, of like, oh, no, this <laughs> this is even worse. Or even visiting affluent places who just don't see it because it, it's not happening to them yet. So those are some of the kind of the, the tonal shifts that I'm interested in. Also, explosion of crime, right? Because if the empire is is going, you know what? The the, the war has created lots of opportunities for the huts uh, for this uh, new Crimson Dawn thing. Yeah, who cares? So, mm-hmm. and I think Bad Batch might be running into those. So, so th- those are some of the yeah. the kind of tonal things that I, I think might make it unique. Yeah, those big themes are great here. We got a we got a group of uh, clones that are very clearly individuals, right? In the face of being like the like the folks uh, all around you, right? And, and and we've already established, hey, they're the one of these things is uh, doing their own thing there. Um, but how they find themselves on the wrong side, or how soon? Uh, I'm I'm curious if they explore. Do they go a little bit down the path? Like, I guess they're the Republic now. Wait, and what you're describing, like, this isn't right. And how do they deal with that as individuals, as a, as a group within another group? And how you change and grow from, hey, what we once were isn't maybe what we want to be now. That's kind of stuff. But also love, and it is similar to Rebels. We focus on this group of Rebels. But I like that in this one, you know, maybe versus the Clone Wars, which is very just wonderfully widespread and epic across many storylines and yes we have our main characters and yes we follow them almost week to week but you know you're part of something bigger at any point uh plo Koon can come in and be a leader in a story kit fisto all these great characters i i really want to see during this era following uh this group this bad batch around and just kind of uh setting uh you know not, not you mentioned a team which is a great uh you know obviously kind of a great connection but just yeah kind of being that the weekly adventures of the a team but but knowing that they're gonna have to deal with this on their own and then maybe Kiner can throw in more rock music. 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, well, Fennec Shan's theme, I'm sure we'll get. Oh, gosh, you know what? Uh, gosh, uh, not that I forgot about Fennec, but I, I'm really excited <laughs> for her appearance in there. That's really cool. Love those kind of connections. Yeah, yeah. Final story here. Uh, we've been talking about the High Republic. We did the big discussion on Light of the Jedi with Alex Damon. If you hadn't had a chance to check it out, maybe you're still reading the book or finishing the book. That's out there for you here on the feed. We also rebroadcast it on YouTube if you want to check it out there. But the High Republic launches at the top of the bestseller list. It was fun to see like Kevin Scott and Justine Ireland tweeting about this even before it was official. They were <laughs> counting down to like 5 p.m. I think Kevin Scott said 5 p.m. yet. <laughs> Here's what it is. Um, Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule and Test of Courage by Justina Ireland debuted at one and then number two in their specific categories on the New York Times bestseller list. Uh, so general thoughts, excitements about this, Joseph? Yeah, I think it is obviously just a, a great launch for a new era. Um, I think it is, uh, you know, always a good uh, advertising thing and a feather in the cap of like, look, uh, we this new era uh, really kicked off this proved that, you know, it, you don't need uh, Han Solo on the cover or Qui-Gon Jinn on the cover. You don't yeah. need uh, that. The idea of Star Wars is, is is what its power is, not just the characters that we uh, all know really well. I think really, really driving that home is great. Um, I mean, I, yeah, I think that's uh, to me, that's a, a part of the the power of it, of like, look, Star Wars can experiment and it still stays popular. And, you know, I've seen, you know, sort of a somewhat understandable snark of like, oh no, Star Wars is dead, <laughs> you know. Sure. But but I do think the point of that is well taken is, is people who don't like modern Star Wars and choose to express themselves <laughs> mm -hmm. in an angry and dismissive way about it often say, like, it's dead, Disney killed Star Wars, and, and it is great to have these, like, no yeah <laughs> uh, reality uh, disagrees with that the yeah. new york times bestsellers list disagrees with that with the yeah. perspective that star wars is dead uh yeah uh, there there it is you can you can put that little flagpole in your front yard uh, look at this one and two and excited that it, it was both books and, and uh justine ireland's test of courage joseph and i are both reading we're we're just getting started out life kind of after Life of the Jedi. It's always like you read one book and you're kind of like, you got to take a breath before you dive, even though it's a middle grade reader and much easier to cover. Actually, it's, you know, probably more my reading level nowadays. Um, <laughs> you got to take a, you got to take a moment. So we're going to get to that. We are going to talk about that. We don't want to overlook uh, what Justine Ireland brought to this high Republic era, but we love Light of the Jedi. That's um, so that's exciting. But the, the C test of courage rank high as well. And that it's the era and it's star Wars and people are curious. I got a couple people reaching out. Who have expressed, who are friends of mine, but who have expressed displeasure with uh, modern Star Wars many, many times. And I <laughs> respectfully disagree with some of the stuff they uh, say on it and, and even how they say it, quite frankly. But they reached out and were like, hey, what do you do? I, I, I'm kind of curious. And I gave it obviously a glaring review, but, but uh, a glowing review, not glaring. I glared at them as I gave it a glowing <laughs> review. That's what was on my mind. But, but it showed me kind of what you're saying here. Just like, yeah, you know what? A lot of people do want Star Wars to go to new eras or a lot of people just even if they're ready to throw dirt on the grave of Star Wars, the name and other people's excitement for it is always going to make them excited. And that's part of what I took out of this news combined with some personal communications I was having with these people around the time that uh, this was uh, this was happening. Like people are seeing it. Oh, the High Republic. What is this? What is what? what's in there for me? I'm a Star Wars fan and I want to. Um, gravi I gravitate to the name. So I, I, I think that's pretty good. Pretty good thing for Star Wars. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, yes, great that 
this approach of let's launch at different, uh, uh, you know, categories, different uh, ages. I'm I'm really glad that that worked out so well. That it's not just Light of the Jedi, the you know the real, the adult book. The that is you know uh, you know the kicking everything off and telling us this this story of the great disaster. Uh, but that test of courage is doing so well as well is awesome. Great indeed. And now Star Wars, uh, you know the, the what do you think? Uh, final look at the story here. The, what is the, What do you think about Star Wars going forward? You know now there'll be more experimentation, not just in this era. We also got to finally maybe get the old Republic. Do you think they can look at this and go, hey, not only are we confident in what we got, people are liking this, people are taking it in, and the numbers are there. Uh, do you think we'll translate to that kind of uh, kind of approach going forward? I really hope so. I really hope that. You know, down the line when this era, however long these uh, first three phases or maybe only phases of their High Republic uh, story, when those wrap up, it it makes me excited to say to know that, hey, big publishing initiatives are going to be successful. And then for the success of the actual High Republic, you know, I'm really hoping that whichever age level uh, people follow along on or if they read them all, that it's going to be. Uh, a fun community of people who who can't wait for the next chapter of the story the same way it is for like the Mandalorian where we really can't wait to see what happens next. And there's that uh, excitement and anticipation to have that for uh, the written word or for audio is really great. I think really important. I think it deflexes whether you read or listen. I think it flexes a a different part of our, of our brain muscles. Uh, So I'm excited just for, people being excited for the next chapter and going on a big ride together. And the fact that it started off that well really makes me hopeful that, you know, like a year and a half from now, people will be really excited for the next big chapter. Cause that's when, uh, you know, Avar Chris is going to have a showdown with this person from the Nile. Oh boy, we're so excited for the next one. That's what I'm hoping we get to. Yeah, absolutely. I'm loving that already. Even just a few chapters into test of courage, just in that, in that world, in that era, they've done such a good job starting it off. And even for an old crusty guy like me who was like, no, I, I like my 19 years between episode three and episode four. That's the only era I want to live in. <laughs> even though I can sometimes, uh, you know, my feet are in, are in concrete on that. Uh, this showed me that, nope, nope. You can get pulled in entirely into, into a great new era when it's done uh, this, uh, this wonderfully. So exciting on a personal level for me as well. All right, we have looked at the Star Wars news of the day. More will probably break as this episode airs. We'll talk about it another time. Uh, Thank you all for being in on that joke. Y'all are also, uh, it's moved past the, hey, you guys missed the talking about this too. Now you all know when we're recording, share our, our, oh, sigh. Um, So we'll see what happens this week. Maybe nothing now that I've highlighted it. Uh, Before we take a break and come back with your questions, we're going to do our Force Center Recommends, an audio book we think you should try out on us. Joseph, hey, look at that. What do we yeah, this is this is just bonkers. We're recommending Light of the Jedi by Charles Sewell. For people who haven't caught up uh, in our into listening to audiobooks, I think it's really worth uh, listening and seeing if this new era is for you. And uh, like Ken said, we gave both glaring and glowing reviews of Light of the Jedi on our big uh, discussion episode with Alex Damon of Star Wars Explained. So listen to the Light of the Jedi on us and then listen to our discussion. Listen indeed, audibletrial.com slash four centers where you can download your free audio book today, audibletrial.com slash four center. All right, let's take a break here on four center and come back with your questions on episode 290 of the main show, the big show, the superstar destroyer of our fleet. We'll see you on the other side. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J E N I L A N D A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa1138.
Welcome back to Force Center, my friends. We have taken a look at the news. Now it's time for those shortened cues. Well, questions sometimes are <laughs> wonderfully detailed and juicy and long. Got some good ones this week, Joseph. Let's dive in. That's right. We've got two from Twitter and two from Patreon. We'll start with Twitter. Uh, on Twitter, uh, Lilith Skywalker says, Given the ending of The Rise of Skywalker, do you, be, do you believe Luke's and Leia's spirits will visit Rey once in a while? Do you believe Force ghosts can be parents? Uh, first off, I just want to compliment that second question. That sounds like just this great teaser in a trailer for a film. Do you believe Force Ghosts can be parents? <laughs> Star Wars theme kicks in. So, Ken, where do you go with this? Do you think Luke and Leia's spirits will be visiting Rey? And wh- what do you think of the ideas uh, of Force spirits as parents? Yeah, that's a, that's a great part of this. Uh, so I think doesn't the novel kind of touch on this a little bit there, uh, at least with Kylo. There's some thoughts about that there. Other people might have the details. Um but because of that, even maybe in addition to that, I do believe they are there. Uh, I do believe that in the, in, the, in the weeks, months, years after the event of Rise of Skywalker, that Leia and Luke uh, can have conversations with Rey or be there for her in some way. And, and I, ben, ben as well. I'm all for that. As We've talked about that. I personally, it's weird. I always have, um, I'm never quite sure where I stand on how involved I want Force Ghosts to be in the lives of, of my heroes, right? Yeah. I don't know. I guess it's a balance. I want them to just hang out and talk. Like in my head, I I want uh, you know. There's you know Qui Gon new Qui Gon uh, Jin and Liam Neeson are in the news again. Of hey, someone asked Liam, would you would you want to be in Kenobi? Yeah, I'd be great for. You know, I do want just those campfire conversations uh, or uh, Qui Gon in a hut. We got in the, from a certain point of view, New Hope novel. We got them communicating as well, but I also. I don't want them to interfere too much. I don't want them. And yes, Yoda and last Jedi shows up when he needed to show up for Luke. Um, and that adds more power to it. So I don't want them to go away. You have always mentioned that like the heir to the empire is on, uh, has Kenobi say, this is it. Got to go kid. Um, wasn't my favorite choice either. So it's a balance. And I don't know case by case basis. I want Ray to have their support, uh, but I also want her to figure out a lot of things on her own and just have them there when she needs it, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, I I think that uh, we are in agreement. Uh, I feel like so far, I think Star Wars has done a great job with the four spirits where they've left uh, plenty of ambiguity, uh, but then there's been really scintillating details. I think those stories and from a certain point of view are the uh, one where Obi-Wan communes with Qui-Gon and the great uh, Kevin Scott of uh, Obi-Wan being cut down by Vader and immediately... Uh, entering the force and being, you know, no longer uh, uh, obeying linear time and being everywhere uh, at once and being the ocean, but also just being a drop in the ocean and all of that great kind of uh, cosmic uh, thought that really reminds you it's this it's this different form of existence, a different understanding of reality. So I always want four spirits to retain a little bit of that ambiguity, that majesty, that truly cosmic, truly different. Um, and in that, I, I like the storytelling that we've got that in novels uh, where Luke and Leia and Ben are are with Ray always, meaning like in just kind of that simple way of like on a peaceful day, she feels a breeze and, you know, and she can just sense them. She just feels them. They're just there, you know, uh, but not like, hello, here's our list of uh, practical information we think you should have and things you should do can just 
feel them, truly feel their spirit, their energy, their warmth, their humor, uh, you know, their drive, whatever it is. Uh, and then for the storytelling in the movies, I'm really big on this. And, and maybe someday it will it will be altered in some way or, mm-hmm. or uh, enhanced or yes, anded. <laughs> yeah. But I do feel like the four spirits appear when they are most needed by uh, the characters uh, uh, still uh, on this plane, still in the living force. Um, it's, and so I, I, if, if we get future storytelling with Ray, I would love it if uh, Luke or, or Leia appeared or both uh, appeared to Ray mm. when she was having a moment of doubt or crisis or pain or where she knew that she was in that place and really actively as a sort of like Jedi ceremony communed with them. I also like that that's like another way to say that the sort of uh, the corporeal person can really meditate and reach out to them. And that's what's happening in that uh, great Obi-Wan Qui-Gon uh, short story. And from a certain point of view, the Obi-Wan's really like, hey, buddy, <laughs> yeah. hey, master, uh, I, I got, I, I, you know, I, I, I need you to, you know, uh, pat my back and, and tell me some things. <laughs> well, no, I need you to do uh, some baseball coaching, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I think, yes, yes, they're got to be there. And then in terms of the parent thing, I think, yeah, mm-hmm. I think th- I think there's there's symbols of uh, of mentors there. The four spirits are symbols of parents. But to say it in almost like a jokey way, I think like four spirits are parents of adult children. <laughs> <laughs> you and I are on the same. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, because it's like, yeah, no, we've done the part where we've taught you right and wrong and, you know, how to tie your shoelaces or, you know, or, you know, how to manage your bank account. We've taught you that. You should know how to do that. We will see you, you know, uh, once a month. Everybody's got different relationships with their parents, obviously, good, bad, uh, otherwise. Uh, So I don't mean to generalize. But that idea of, you know, if you've got great parents and they're like, hey, we gave you everything you need and now you're out in the world doing your thing. We'll come see you, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, once every two years, you live in a different city. Oh, we're doing our thing. You're doing your thing. Keep up the good work. <laughs> that to me is, is uh, for spirit parenting. Yeah. I can't even add to that. You just exactly. I'm just like, yep, that's exactly what it's like. Uh, you know, mid forties, uh, my, my mom and dad, fortunately still with, uh, still with me, still doing great, still healthy, do, doing, uh, doing well, but they are occasionally like a, 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 a force ghost phone call away. And, uh, <laughs> they have entered a different realm called uh, retirement. I would imagine. <laughs> yes. Retirement that, uh, both of them is, have not stopped working. Um, <laughs> so there it is. That's great. That's a great answer and a great question. Yeah, so much so much uh, fun stuff to think about with Forest Spirits. So thank you for that great question. We will move on to our next question from Tim Harrison. Tim says, part of the MCU's success is in part that they have adapted popular storylines to fit their story. Could Star Wars start to do the same? Not direct adaptations of Legends material, but elements from it. Uh, this is very uh, interesting, I think, uh, as the MCU begins its rollout on Disney Plus with uh, WandaVision, which I really enjoyed the first uh, two episodes. I think there's going to be more discussion of uh, of the similarities and the differences between MCU and Star Wars, the, the sibling friends <laughs> under the Disney banner. What do you think about this, Ken? Do you feel like there are obviously characters or individual ideas have been adapted from legends into uh, modern star Wars canon, but do you feel like there are storylines that uh, can still, or should still be adapted? I, 
I have many points to my <laughs> my answer. <laughs> like you, you touched on it too. I, I feel they are doing this to a small degree. You just, you know, some of the characters and stuff. And, and I know that's not the spirit of Tim's question. Yes, we all know Thrawn or, or you know, Rook and all these characters show up or get referenced. Jackson, for God's sakes. <laughs> and I and I and I hope they continue to do that. I really do. And yes, uh, I, I just it's hard for me to. to disassociate some of my personal feelings towards legends and i try to downplay it and i try to also respect those that love it and that was their entry point to star wars i know you know there's one troll that's still I've, i think i've blocked everywhere that just viciously goes after me anytime i hear somewhere you know ken hates legends not a, <laughs> not 100 not 100 true darth plague is the novel legends one of my favorite bits of star wars story so there's an example where i'm like yeah if you could do that and take take some of those stories and, and the, the ones that deserve it. And that's my big issue. I think a lot of the stories, maybe apologies to those that did them, don't deserve it as much as uh, maybe you thought in 1997 there. I'll tell a quick story. Our friend Van William, you know, Van, Van rockstar extraordinaire, songwriter extraordinaire, been on four center a few times. We'll be again. We were at a local, uh, local bar and grill, grill where I live uh, uh, back, back when we could, this was like uh, around last Jedi time. Having a having a drink, having a snack, and we overhear like a group of like uh, eight dudes and uh, hanging out, uh, uh, and one of them like literally is standing up, like it's uh, like he's he's uh, filibustering, just going, "It's so stupid." Disney had all these stories of Luke, and they didn't choose to use any of them. And Van and I kind of look at each other, and Van's a sweetheart of a guy. I can be a little grumpy, and it's like I'm not going to start a bar fight over this. But I I, just, I kept turning around and looking, like maybe they'll notice I'm looking. And maybe we can have a discussion. Uh, it won't be pretty, but we'll have it. You know, and I got to, and I don't want to, I want to choose a better path than that. That's not. <laughs> but the temptation yeah. is there. It was 27. It was actually early 2018 when a lot of this was like, what is happening? This is the, the, the discourse just caught on fire. This is not good. Um, and, and that's when, so I hear Tim's questions. I go to that story because of that. I just, I, I really, really want them to continue to, to build, to build new stories, new ways to look at the characters, new ways to, uh, go into these themes and, and, ex- and explain these lessons and teach these lessons. And I'm okay with characters and stuff. And, and if you can find the right story, but you know, Darth Plagueis, uh, the novel probably needs a, a, some massaging into modern canon. And, and there's other stories that maybe out there, you listening, you, you enjoy shadows, of the empire and you enjoy this, that. And I think those stories could be there and Disney plus could be the way to do it. Uh, if that makes sense. So end of rant. I don't know if that's a rant, but end of like, end constantly has to battle himself over his thoughts on legends to p- practice what we preach here of all <laughs> coming to the table and my own personal years of being a Star Wars fan and just seeing some of those things. I was talking about seeing, you know, Dash Render is one thing, but seeing Chewy, buff Chewy with like headgear and just going, no, not for me. I'm going to move on. Um, I got to find that balance. And, and Tim that asked a great question that forces me to find that balance. Yeah, and I think you're doing a better job than you're giving yourself a credit for for finding the balance. <laughs> you are expressing honestly that some of it doesn't work for you, that it doesn't feel like Star Wars to you. Um, you know, I, I've really, really come to appreciate uh, Zahn, and in particular, his work on Thrawn in the modern canon. And, and it's made me really appreciate Thrawn as a character more, and it's made me appreciate Zahn's perspective on Star Wars and what he has to offer and and help me kind of question like, oh, I can get behind this, uh, you know, this more uh, more science fiction-y view of Star Wars. Uh, it really fits this character, really fits this writer. But yeah, when I first cracked uh, Heir to the Empire, you know, so excited because it had been this Star Wars drought and like, what, Obi-Wan's going away? No, four spirits don't go away, grump, 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 you know? Uh, so, so we can all have our 
our changes and our growth uh, and stay with our strong opinions. Um, I think to, to Tim's uh, question, I think that there's been a really a lot of legends, individual ideas and characters, right? You know, you mentioned some of them, obviously Thrawn is huge. Um, Solo, a Star Wars story is not directly pulling from that uh, AC Crispin uh, trilogy, but there's a lot of things that make sense in Han's growth as a character that it's versions of the same ideas because it it makes sense. And that AC Crispin solo trilogy is probably one of my favorite things from Legends. Mm. Uh, so I was I was interested to see that sort of you know similar ideas reinterpreted. Um, obviously, the Dark Troopers in Mandalorian are great. Jackson, you mentioned, I think. Uh, you know, having a different perspective on Mandalorians that some people see it as like, no, we're, we're Mandalorians from the, the planet, the system Mandalore and the show reintroducing that like, yeah, but some people do see it as a creed as well as, is pulling on those legends ideas. So I think Mm -hmm. it is characters and ideas uh, for stories themselves to be interpreted. I think you do run into a little bit more like, does it work with uh, modern Canon from literal details to actual kind of big picture themes. And I think one of the things with that, that makes MCU different from star Wars is uh, from my perspective, the, some of the comic book stories people know by name and they really have a weight of the name of that story of secret wars or civil war, you know, house of M or, you know, the, the the Spider-Man symbiote saga, you can kind of sum them up quickly and people get excited about the idea. But then there's just, in the actual movies, there's a massive amount of reinvention of what they actually are from their various comic book iterations. So, you know, it's more like MCU is benefiting from people getting excited by the title and the spirit of the idea, and then totally just doing their version of it that makes sense for the story they're telling. And I think we could see maybe some of that where a ton of the details are changed, uh, but maybe you know, they could hook on to sort of the, the name, the spirit of the, the legends idea. Um, I feel like for me, uh, you know, I'm not the, a, a legends expert by any stretch of the imagination. If anything like this was going to happen, I think it would happen with the, like, you know, we've got room to tell old Republic stories or, you know, the beginning of the rule of two stories, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe that can be like, we're telling the Darth Bane story. It's not going to be exactly the same as it is in the novels, but get that excitement because it's a revisiting of Darth Bane the same way Marvel was able to say, we're going to do Civil War. It's not going to be exactly the way it is in comics because we're dealing with totally different you know, situation, totally different world building. But get that excitement of we're telling the Darth Bane story. Maybe that could still happen. Yeah, well, look, even the name Rogue Squadron immediately, like, whoa, they're doing that. And they had a Patty... Jagged didn't let it be able to clarify. No, no, no. It's just, it's a great name. <laughs> and maybe the spirit <laughs> of it's there, but totally different. And and we'll see how people can do it. Because you're sure right. A lot of people discussed it. I'm not the first to mention it. We've mentioned it before. But the MCU drew upon almost literally 75 to 100 years of comic stories, right? <laughs> and and it's just, you kind of go in knowing it can't be a, a, a one-for-one adaptation. And I think that, so that to me is a little bit of, um, there's always been some, some, grace given to the MCU stories that something like we'll see with Rogue Squadron or if they would announce Darth Bane uh, if people would give them the same grace or they'd need it word for word adapted from that book I love which I understand and respect that passion yeah no I understand that passion too but I think that is probably the big question is if it was announced like 
we're going to do the Knights of the Old Republic, but we're going to adapt the hell out of it. We're not just putting the story on screen. We're going to adapt it if fans would be excited just because in the same way of like, oh, cool, you're doing Winter Soldier. But of course, it's going to be a little different. Or if it would be, I am I a legend fan and I'm furious because it wasn't exactly, you know, yeah. as, I, as I thought it should be. That is a, a, a big question. Um, but this is a great question from Tim to, to really think about uh, the difference between pulling from characters, individual ideas versus pulling a whole story and adapting it. That's really fascinating. Great question, Tim. Uh, and of course, we'll talk about Mara Jade <laughs> some other yeah. day because that's uh, probably one of the larger characters not yet adapted in any way. Moving on to our next question, uh, patrons on Patreon. Uh, this comes from Kyler Allred. Kyler says, if they were to make High Republic toys, what would you want? I personally would love a Beryaga Funko Pop. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you got, Ken, uh, for High Republic toys? I didn't even hesitate. Didn't think twice. Went right to it. Porter Ingle on a Steely on a Funko Pop or or a Black Series 6 inch. Doesn't matter to me. Oh, wow. Funko Pop. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I think those of you who are hoping for Funko Pops are wiser because you are more likely to get them since that's yeah. the actual, you know, business model of Funko Pop is build an army. But yeah, Porter Angle on a steely. Yeah. <laughs> a mighty steed. I love, steed. Yeah. A steely steed. I love that that uh, turn of phrase made would have made no sense to any of us just a few <laughs> short weeks ago. Yeah. And now it is filled with meaning. You know, I said this in our discussion of uh, Light of the Jedi. Uh, spoilers, if you haven't read it, light spoilers uh, and skip past in 30 seconds. Um, I love that the Jedi all have all of their ships and speeders that are specifically made for Jedi with the lightsaber key ignitions. You know, I love my three and three quarter action figures. Maybe dare to dream that they will uh, become popular outside of just the vintage line. Uh, or the vintage line will make a lot more content. One or the other, I'd be fine with. Um, but I would love, like, a Loden Great Storm with that comes with the uh, the Vector Jedi ship, or a, a Bell Zedifar that comes with the Vanguard Land Speeder, or a Porter Engel, uh, maybe with a Steely, but also with the the Veil Speeder bike. Yeah. I just that passage was just like they were advertising toys to me. They're all they have all got V names. They're all Jedi stuff. It's just like it, uh, it's it's so exciting to me, and I want it uh, so much. The vector comes with detachable lightsaber ring. Yeah, yes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You understand where I'm coming from. So that is what I want. Uh, and of course, probably the thing that is actually the most likely uh, a large plush of Ember the Char Hound. Right. Oh yeah, with working Char. <laughs> yeah, you can just uh, squeeze them and actual fire shoots out. That'd be great. Uh, any other thoughts on Kyler's question before we move on to our final question? The only thing is I, I really do hope they make High Republic merch. And you got to think, um, got to think they will. So, yeah, I, I, I really hope so. And that'll be cool to jump right from the pages or uh, the uh, waveforms of the audiobooks into actual plastic reality. That'll be awesome. Uh, our final question comes from our patron on Patreon, Jonathan Curdy. He says, hello, boyos. Great Jar Jar Binks quote. A while back on an episode, you guys imagined up a scene with Ahsoka and Luke sitting around a campfire talking about their experiences. It dared me to dream of a Disney Plus series comprised exclusively of my dinner with Andre-esque conversations between two Star Wars characters. I think this is a limited series. At most, maybe six episodes, says Jonathan. Which characters would you pick to see in extended, sit-down, juicy conversations within the Star Wars universe? Force ghosts are on the table. Excited to hear your thoughts. Excited for your question here, Jonathan. Where do you go first with this, Ken? 
So I love this idea uh, overall. This is why you and I always talk about these uh, wonderful, fabled, fictitious campfire conversations. Uh, and the, my dinner with Andre reference is, is just a, a great pop culture reference to a, uh, what play first movie I've never seen, other than I know Wallace Shawn is in it. And it's just a, it's just great. I think even Christopher Guest makes good use of it as a reference in um, uh, for his character Corky in uh, Waiting for Guffman. So yes, yes, yeah, my dinner with Andre action figures to yes. tie up all of our threads. Yes. Uh, so there's all that there. But I love this idea. Um, and, and I also love this. Um, it's one of those like, I'll never get a chance to do it. But I just remember it, it, they still exist. But back in the day, Joseph, like a Rolling Stone interview met something. Right. <laughs> like you and I grew up in that era where it's like, oh, my God, it's the Rolling Stone interview with David Letterman. It's the Rolling Stone interview. Like you get it. You get it. You know, Christian Slater's got a Rolling Stone interview interview. Um, I have always just would love to sit down with Star Wars characters. Like, give me Admiral Piet, the Rolling Stone interview. <laughs> Character, canon stories of thoughts, interview, you know, totally after he's dead, before he's dead. I don't know. Kind of doesn't really matter. So I, this is kind of that spirit for me, uh, uh, me as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I like this. Um, I'll make a Dexter, Dexter joke, but I also, also think that's a great show. Dexter and Obi-Wan just sitting around. Um, all those, all those, that kind of stuff. Um, I, I really would love to see Qui-Gon almost with anyone, but Qui-Gon and Dooku mm. conversation. I can't force ghost or not. I, what would they talk about? When would they have the conversation would be key. So maybe it is a, a force ghost, uh, Qui-Gon sitting down with uh, Dooku before the events of revenge of the Sith. Be careful what you wish for. Be careful the path you're on. I, I, I'm intrigued by that. That is to me like a legitimate, uh, I, I would be happy, uh, for myself or anyone else <laughs> mm-hmm. to write that as a play of like, maybe does Qui-Gon visit Dooku? And I know, I know there is discussion of, you know, whether or not they're talking in, in both Master and Apprentice and in, yeah. uh, Dooku Jedi Lost Night. So I know that it's already dancing around there, but like this idea that maybe Qui-Gon visited Dooku close to the events of phantom menace when dooku is already on his path and is making things happen behind the scenes you know and the chess game between them you know of Mm qui-gon trying to assess where his old master is and you know does dooku feel any pull to the light or you know does he is he subtly trying to figure out does qui-gon can i push qui-gon to join me you know that would be fascinating so that's a great great pick ken Thank you, sir. Go picture. Go picture. Go picture. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, some of my my desire to have these extended scenes, it goes a little bit to what you're saying with the Rolling Stone interview. I think I think sometimes a, a modern day Rolling Stone interview is still really fascinating mm-hmm. because it yeah. gets down to this deeper level. But I think it was in that time where it's like, what? oh, wow, you know, you got uh, Dean Martin to sit down and tell you what he really thinks about something to go even older than Dean Martin would have been in Rolling Stone, but you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, where it's like, or Ringo Starr back in the day, like this was before you had, you know, social media where Ringo Starr yeah. could tell you what he was thinking, you know, 27 times a day. <laughs> Peace and love. Stop writing me fan mail. Peace and love. Yeah. <laughs> and I think there's something about that with Star Wars that it, it, the dialogue in Star Wars tends to be minimal, mm-hmm. you know? And the the stories are serving uh, many ideas. Uh, we talked about the thrill of Star Wars, and, and I think sometimes it's, you know, the dialogue in Star Wars is very tip of the iceberg. The characters say what they absolutely have to. So the idea of, like, what do, 
how, how deep would they go if they were really cut loose in a conversation format is what is intriguing to me. And I totally agree with you with Obi-Wan and Dexter's Diner. I think that's one of the things that's always got me excited about this idea because I get the feeling from that scene that this is what Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan does not crave adventure and excitement. He uh, craves a interesting debate at a bar diner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and that's really interesting to me. So to answer this question, I think uh, where it came from is, is my hope and, and, theory really that eventually uh, we might see or hear or read Ahsoka and Luke meet and how that's kind of important to the the Skywalker saga. Um, I, I would love to just see my dinner with Ahsoka and I would love to actually see her have a conversation with both Luke and Leia. Uh, we focus a lot on the Anakin side of it, um, but uh, I think it would be a really great way to highlight uh, Padme's importance to the overall saga which I think, you know, I, I don't think Padme gets um, focused on as much. And Luke and Leia need to understand their mother every bit as much as they need to understand their father. So it would be great to, to see uh, both of those things. A um, yep. couple others. Uh, I, I don't know exactly when or how it would happen. Uh, th- maybe this one would be a just a total what if, not in a- any actual Star Wars canon. But uh, I would love to see Ben Solo and uh, Obi-Wan, old Ben Kenobi, yeah. have, a, have a chit-chat at just about any time. Uh, and my final one is a little bit jokey, but also a little bit sincere. <laughs> I want Din Djarin to sit down with either maybe Lor Santecker or Beaumont Kin, somebody who knows galactic history wow. incredibly well, and just say, come on, man, here's <laughs> what you need to know. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, I want that one more than any of them <laughs> Yeah, it's got to be helmet off too. Yeah. Oh yeah, helmet off. It's got. Yeah, you can't do the Rolling Stone interview with your helmet on, Din Djarin. No, no. Come on, you can't. <laughs> Lennon, come on. Lennon and Yoko Ono were naked on the cover of Rolling Stone. I actually <laughs> the earliest Rolling Stone issue I have. It's all paper. It's folded. It's 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 great. So there you go. That's what I want. Din Djarin, no mask, no pants. Sit down and talk. Din Djarin, naked face on a bed. <laughs> Cover of Rolling Stone. There we go. Uh, thank you, everyone, for these great questions. Uh, Jonathan, Kyler, Tim, El, uh, Felilis, uh, all great questions. Great questions indeed. Thank you so much for sending those questions. And, hey, if you have a question for us, you want to join, there's some ways to do it. You can follow us on Twitter at ForceCenterPod. There's a pinned post up there right now. You can put a question there so Joseph can find it and toss it into the show here. We toss it with care. We're also on Instagram. YouTube, Facebook pages, Force Center Podcast. Podcast is homed, homed. It's housed on Anchor, our home. And uh, it's one of those days uh, at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Amazon Music, or some of the other places you can find the podcast. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. You can support us directly on Anchor if you'd like, or at patreon.com slash Force Center. Always have uh, a, a great spot in our heart for the new patrons. A lot joining joining us right now you can get into our discord fun community over there we've got our own things going on you can follow me at catnapsuck or catnapsuck.com and uh, see all the things i'm doing including the work over at good people gpa one of our things over there quite frankly something we've been doing here for a bit on force center which is making sure we take a a moment or two to highlight charities or things close to us Uh, this week a lot of focus um, and uh, on GPA and over here for me at St. Baldrick's Foundation, which is a great group that helps uh, conquer childhood cancers. They got some big events coming up in March, uh, big fundraiser stuff. You can go to stbaldricks.org for more information there. Joseph. 
Yeah, you can follow me Twitter and Instagram at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for uh, comedy albums and all sorts of other comedy adventures. I'm doing another online show uh, with my friends, the Double Clicks, great musicians. Uh, so it's going to be some music from them, some comedy from me, and then uh, we're, we're calling it Valentine's Champion. Uh, it is going to have uh, some great guests who are, of course, in their home online. And then we're going to give them a weird task to complete live on the internet. Oh, that no. sounds, uh, you know, uh, more uh, racy than it is. It'll be fun things, not naughty things. Uh, so there are a link to the tickets on my website, josephscrimshaw.com. And the thing I'd like to plug in this week is a service called ResistBot. It, you can just Google it or ResistBot. Uh, I use it uh, for texting, but you can use it in lots of different ways. But it allows you to very, very quickly uh, write a message to your reps on any level and let them know what you think is important. It's a really easy way uh, to add your voice to all the other voices and really try to make sure that your representatives are actually representing what you truly want. I think it is a great service. So check it out, ResistBot. Check it out, indeed. Thank you all so much today for listening and uh, helping me work through my, anything I have for Legends. All right, much respect to Legends, <laughs> Marge Aid, and all those that love it there. Uh, this is this is on me. I'll continue to work through it all. Uh, great questions, a lot of fun. We'll see you next time here on Force. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.